Hello, everybody. It's Ben, and I'm here to tell you a little bit about Patreon. Patreon is the website where you can support podcasts like The Lanyard or other creators. We have a few people who have stepped up and are contributing financially to the show, which helps us continue to create cool content for you each week. If we get up to 20 supporters, I have vowed that I'm going to put out two episodes per week. So check out our patreon.com slash the lanyard page. Some of the contributors so far, Sheila Woodward, she's in at the top amount. We've got Baron Yexley out of Watertown, South Dakota. We've got Mason Schramm with Vision Real Estate. Tony Maibaum, Pivotal Photo. Steve Pietela here in Yankton. And now another full-time supporter, the White Wall Sessions. These guys who put out amazing music video content out of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So happy to have everybody on board, and thank you for supporting The Lanyard. You don't have to subscribe to us on Patreon. You can get this for free. What you get, though, on Patreon is access to early episodes and some bonus content. With no further ado, here is today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of The Lanyard. On today's show, we're going to talk to Melissa Waldner. She is the executive director of the Webster Area Development Corporation, but she's also helping run a farm. We're going to learn all about that, and it starts right now. Hey, thanks for making the trip down to Yankton. Thanks for having me. You made the trip from my hometown of Webster, South Dakota. I always have something fond in my heart for that town, although I don't think I'll be moving back because I'm kind of married to this bar here. Yeah. Well, we'll always welcome you back if you ever decide to move Ben's up north. I will be visiting there. I think it's next weekend. We, uh, we've rented out some rooms at the Picker Lake Lodge. So, yeah, it's, that's where we spent Almost every weekend was at Picker Lake, and it's time to get back up there. Yes. It's tough to go when it's just Christmas time because it's like, you know, 30 inches of snow up there. <laughs> yes, and you got all the family stuff, and you don't get to relax so much, I would guess. Uh, it's it's not too bad. The kids are probably the bigger function of, like, road trips aren't fun. <laughs> True. Yeah. You know what that's like. But I do. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so why are you down through the area today? Um, well, uh, today and tomorrow I'll be going to Rule X. It's a conference they're doing in Mitchell. They've done that a couple of years uh, through Dakota Resources. But the reason I came early is because yesterday we had um, an Advantage South Dakota meeting, which is just a regional group for economic developers in the James Valley region. And um, so we did that in Huron. Yeah. Then I made my way to Yankton last night and up how to much, Mitchell tomorrow. How, how much of your job is just meetings, 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 and networking with people? You know, there's probably a, a fair share of that, but um, I think that's it's really important. I think there's some some folks that probably think it's wasteful to be driving around all the time and talking with people, but I think yeah. that's where a lot of the um, the ideas actually happen. You know, you're bouncing ideas off your colleagues and saying, "Hey, have you done anything like this before? Do you, um, you know, housing and workforce are big issues that we talk about a lot, and so." We just share ideas and challenges and see yeah. how we can help each other. So non-competitive, everybody's there to share. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's Especially the, the smaller communities, yeah. Well, there's a lot I want to get into today. Um, you know, back to where you grew up and about your track career, which I'm excited to hear about, and uh, also about Webster and what makes it special. But I also want to learn about farming and about what you're doing because it seems like it's not what we would think of as traditional farming. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear all about that. But uh, right from the get-go, so I was doing a little research on you, and it says that you grew up in Woodbury, Minnesota, which is like basically the Twin Cities. It is, yeah. So (laughs) population 72,000, but 10 miles away from St. Paul's. Yeah. So realistically, how do you go from the Twin Cities and end up in a place like Webster, South Dakota, population about 1,700? Yeah. Uh, A lot of people ask me if it's like a total culture shock. Yeah. I just kind of laugh about it because um, when I look back, growing up in the cities was great. Like I really liked it and had a great childhood, great family, all that good stuff, lots of opportunities and never thought that I would leave. And so um, now it's kind of a nice place to visit, but I don't think I could ever go back, which is kind of funny now. But now you're living on a farm outside of a small town. Yeah. Yeah. And so different. Um, well, so what were you like at Woodbury? Oh, boy. Um, in Woodbury, I would say growing up, I uh, guess I was probably a jock. So I played a lot of soccer growing up. Um, my sister did, too. And, um, yeah, probably more of a homebody. Yeah. Um, people always ask me, like, oh, did you, like, do you know your way around, you know, St. Paul and Minneapolis? And I was like, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> About the but, same as you. Yeah, yeah, right? So... I'd have to put it in Google Maps to get there, so yeah. you know stuff like that. Well, and St. Paul is that one city that ha- like the roads don't make any sense, right? It's kind of like arranged around a, a a wagon wheel spoke almost. That's like everything converges in the middle as opposed to it being uh, north, south, east, west. That is true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think anybody would need a GPS up there. So a jock uh, and and a track runner. True. Is that how you ended up getting to South Dakota? Was it was it for an athletic scholarship? It was, yeah. So what were your events? I was a sprinter. So I did the 200 meter and the 400 meter. Kind of dabbled in the 800, but I wasn't very good at it. So <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my favorite race, the 800. Oh, yeah. yeah I loved it. Um, then my coaches kept trying to always push me into longer distances, which I, you know, I ran cross country. But I think like between my sophomore and junior years, I put on like, I would say muscle, but like I grew three, four inches and, and put on like 40 pounds. And I was like, no, this two mile is not working for me anymore. <laughs> four and 800 sounds about right to me. Right. Four by four relay. Yes. Four by four is the favorite. Yeah. So did you uh, have, you obviously had some success at the, at your local level. Did you go on to state? I did. So um, I went to the state meet in my junior year for the 400 and I think it was a 400 maybe it was a 200 I don't remember yeah <laughs> I guess um but and I I think I was like the very last person to get in or whatever and I think I ended up in 10th place um so last but it was a pretty awesome experience just to be a part of that and then um that summer I remember I got a letter from South Dakota State and the track coach said hey we'd really like you to consider STSU and um I laughed because I had no concept of what South Dakota was. I yeah. just never, ever thought about it. And so um, my dad said, no, I I think we should go check it out. Let's just take a trip and look at it. Yeah. 
see what you think. So, And what did you think? I really liked it. Um, and my dad did too. He still talks about how nice people are in South Dakota and yeah. um, every time he comes out to visit and, and things. But um, yeah, I just, I really liked it. And I think I just didn't know what I was missing. Yeah. It's kind of the way it feels for me, but. And so what were people like at South Dakota State? Because my impression is, you know, you probably ran into a lot more people in the egg industry than you were probably used to. Yeah. So um, I think doing track my first year, I'd, I ended up just doing it um, one year. But um, I think I got to know a lot of the athletes and, you know, spent a lot of time in my dorm room with um, friends on my floor and things like that. Um, but looking back, I kind of wish I'd spent more time with some of the folks in the egg industry, especially now what I'm doing now, that would have been kind of nice to have some yeah. of that back on information. But um, Emily Kicker from Webster, um, she was my next door um, dorm roommate. And so I got to spend some time at the Kicker Seed Farm and ride in a combine. And yeah, big operators up there. That stuff. Yeah, so that was cool. Okay, so you find yourself in South Dakota, you're at SDSU, and then when you graduate, you decide you're going to stay in South Dakota, and, mm-hmm. and the first step is Sioux Falls. Yep. To do what? So I had done um, a college internship at Volunteers of America Dakota in Sioux Falls, just a marketing deal, and uh, really liked it there, liked the people, liked, you know, their mission, that kind of thing. And so I looked for an opportunity to to be back there. And so I actually joined up with AmeriCorps VISTA, which is a kind of a service program, sort of like the Peace Corps, only in the States. And um, so I had the opportunity to be a part of that which was really cool, and then also still do marketing and development work for that nonprofit. And so did that for a year, and then I decided it's just a one-year program. You can re-up. And so I re-upped for a second year and um, took on a leadership role with that. So I, in addition to the marketing development work I was doing, I also did some support for the 12 other VISTAs that were in the area there. So I think, though, at SDSU, you were in the journalism program. So what went wrong? How come you didn't get in journalism? <laughs> I know I laugh, right? Um, so um, when I was looking at colleges originally, I was looking at um, University of Wisconsin Stout. They had this packaging design um, program, and I thought that would be kind of cool, but I wasn't really sure. Um, but in high school, I also did the high school newspaper and thought that was really cool. Um, so I went into journalism because I really liked um the program there and um, really liked all the classes and and things like that. Um, I did think I was going to be at a newspaper. Yeah. So it's funny. But when I did that internship, it really opened my eyes to some of the different things I could be doing with my degree. So. Awesome. So then how do we get to Webster? Um, so I guess we didn't talk about my husband, Darren. He's originally from Webster. And I remember him as a little kid. <laughs> what do you remember? <laughs> well, he was... He, so I'm trying to remember how old he is. I'm 37. How old is he? 31. Yeah. So maybe? it seems like he was like that little kid that was just always around. Like he would watch what the bigger kids were doing and just kind of like tag along and didn't really ask for much. Just kind of like was watching us play sports and tagging along. Yep. He's That's, pretty easygoing. Guy. Yeah, yep. exactly. Too funny. So um, how did you meet him? Well, I met at college, of course. I think it was the second day. Oh, he day. was an SDSU yep, guy. he was at yeah. SDSU. So the second day I met him because, of course, he grew up with Emily. And yeah. I tagged along with all the Webster kids that went to SDSU. And, yeah, so we dated all through college. And um, 
he really never moved away, I would say, because yeah. he did a co-op in Gwinner, North Dakota and, and things like that. But anyway, um, we started talking about the future and like what we wanted to do and things like that. And yeah, I just I can't remember how it all worked out, but I know we talked about like, let's let's go check out some houses up there because um, I'd actually been uh, visiting Webster for like 10 years and really liked it, like the hunting and the fishing, probably more the fishing than the hunting, but yeah. um, the lake life and his mom was a great cook. So that was always fun to stay with them. And so I thought, you know, let's, let's check it out. It might be kind of fun. And so we looked at a couple of houses and didn't really like what we saw and just weren't finding a right fit. Um, but one day I remember him calling me up and saying, oh, there's this, this piece of land just on the edge of Webster. It'd be great. You know, we could um, build a house there and you want to do it. And I was like, uh, okay. Because <laughs> um, he was, he's like, this stuff doesn't come up. Were you married at that point? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, but we'd been dating for, I don't know, quite a while. Yeah. We actually dated 10 years before we got married. So a little slower on that way, I guess, yes. but um, worked out fine. And um, so he, I think it was on the market for like a day. Like there was a sign in the lawn. He called them, worked a deal. That happened. And I, I think at that point I... I thought, wow, you know, if we're going to own this land up there, I guess I better move up there. I got to figure this out. And so I wasn't sure about like the career opportunities up here in, in marketing. And so I thought, well, I guess I better start looking and um, looked on the state's database. I think I was visiting one weekend and I um, I remember running into Nick Fosheim at ANS Hardware Store working on something. And he said, hey, you know, we're actually going to be looking for a marketing person would you be interested in something like that? And I thought that's perfect timing. I want to move up here. Did the whole interviewing thing and, and it worked out really well. So. Yeah. So I think, so was Nick running the economic development up there? Now he's doing he it was. in Sioux Falls at the chamber yep. or something like that. He does um, uh, development for all the smaller towns around Sioux Falls. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So, yep. So, uh, so you started off as like in a marketing assistant and then he leaves and you become the interim director for like four months. And then they're like, oh, let's just hire <laughs> Melissa. And uh, that's seven years ago. Yeah. Well, something like that. I, yeah. We did the interviews and, and all that good stuff. And yeah, it worked out really well, I think. Awesome. So I guess day to day, how do you, how, what is your job like? How do you fight for a small town to exist and have its place in the world? So I think Webster and, and Day County has... Um, definitely some advantages to it being a small rural town, but also the perfect location, I would say. I mean, we're 45 minutes around, you know, we've got Millbank and Watertown and um, Aberdeen and Britain. We're kind of in the nice central location of um, of all that. So it's a nice region, but we're also on the intersection of U.S. Highway 12 and South Dakota 25. U.S. Highway 12 is um, kind of like the interstate. When you look at traffic counts, we see more than 2,500 cars or vehicles per day, which is kind of crazy. You don't see that a lot of other areas, so that's perfect. We've also had a really strong board with a lot of business minds, and so yeah. they've been able to um, attract some some different companies and, and really make, make it a strong area for sure. So day-to-day, though, what does that look like? What do you do? Day-to-day. Like, what um, is a typical day for you? Say, I'm going to go fight for Webster today. What do I do? Yeah. Um, so I think over the years that I've been trying to figure this out, um, every day is obviously different. And so um, it's not like we're, you know, answering calls every day from different uh, businesses that want to come here. 
So it's um, what I really believe about rural development is it has to be a mix of the traditional economic development, which is recruiting new businesses to town, the traditional way of looking at it and helping current ones expand, right? Um, But I think there's also this other piece of making sure you have a community that's really attractive because right now workforce is a big um, concern for everybody across states too. But as as long as you have a a community that people want to stay in, and people want to come to, that's a, a great thing. And so that's why we've been doing, doing a lot of work lately kind of in the community and doing some visioning and helping resident teams to go after their ideas that will make the community So better. are you saying quality of life? Is yeah. That kind of, so, I guess that would be the... So you're saying that it's more than just having a job, is that that needs to be a town you want to live in. Mm-hmm. And so that, that includes schools but what else yeah so you know typical stuff so um you have to have quality schools you want to have health care we've got a hospital complex in webster which is a great draw wabe also has their own avera clinic so that's perfect but then you know there's the hunting and the fishing which is kind of a given i guess for our area yeah it wasn't always though i mean yeah there was always recreation up there but i think it was trying to remember what year it was when the flooding happened like 1997 yeah Yeah. exactly that's when the water came and it never left (laughs) because it's in like this closed basin. It doesn't have a river to just like take away all this water. So a whole bunch of sloughs and lakes that were small became ginormous and so did the walleye populations with them. So it was like overnight you saw the whole town just like adapt to that. It was one day everybody was sad and crying because they lost all this farmland and they lost the roads and all these way of the the way of life and then like a year later they're like oh we could put a trailer house where the old uh, farmland was and now we can rent it out for fishing lodge or whatever Mm -hmm. and like the whole town has kind of gone that way i remember like where my old dental the old clinic is a like a hunting lodge yep yep (laughs) so um how involved are you in that and shaping that is it just promotion or is it encouraging people to see the numbers and why they should go after that market too. Yeah. I, um, part of my job is definitely to encourage entrepreneurship too. So um, I wear a few hats, I guess I should say in, in the community. And another hat that I wear is um, Day County Champion Community. And we have a revolving loan fund that helps um, businesses. We've helped a, a lot of maybe non-manufacturing type businesses that really bring the quality of life together and so, um, yeah, part of that is saying, okay, what's your business idea? Okay, you need to talk to Small Business Development Center because um, they do the free business planning and marketing and, you know, all that stuff. They're kind yeah. of my go-to for that. And then come back to us and we'll see what we can do to help you get started kind of things. One of the things that I think would be challenging in any community is too many cooks in the kitchen. Are you finding that problem occasionally where everybody's got an idea about how to fix this town and everybody's pulling in a different direction? I don't feel that way, I guess. Um, So when we brought, uh, in 2014, we did some community visioning work with Dakota Resources and Design South Dakota. I guess that's kind of what we fostered. We want people that live there, we want them to bring their ideas forward and say, hey, we've got this great idea, we'd like to pursue it, and how can we support them in doing that? You know, we don't want to say, you have to run that through this organization because yeah. it's not really the way things work anymore. You've got your internet at your fingertips and you can make it happen if you want to. I would say that we, you know, in Yankton, we're one of those same towns. We worked through that Dakota Resources 
planning involved everybody in the community had lots and lots of meetings where people threw out their ideas and and they all kind of worked through the process what we ran into though it feels like is just like the uh it, it feels like we're kind of stuck on a bubble certain committees maybe have taken steps but not like wow that was a big change from what it was two years ago and so for me, I wonder if it is too many people pulling in different directions, but you've been able to rally up behind one idea or, or yeah. one theme. So, And what I, is that? I wouldn't. So maybe the one thing is, is just making our community a place that we want to live in and others too. But we've had some really successful committees. There's, there's some that, you know, maybe have spun their wheels a little bit, but there's a couple like the Workforce and Education Vision Team really took off through a lot of smaller successful projects. It's, it started out as um, like hand, hands-on internships for high schoolers. So when the, the Votex school closed in 2005 or 2006 or so, yeah. um, we didn't see the repercussions of that probably 10 years. And a lot of the industrial companies were saying, we need people. The students were just weren't getting that exposure to those different careers. Um, so through the, the visioning work, we all said, okay, what could we do together to, to make this work? And so they started with the hands-on internships, we had a workforce summit that gathered 75 business leaders, education leaders, community leaders to say, what should we do together? Kind of to compound off of that community workshop, do a specific one for workforce. And that was really a great thing. And they started different things like a new career explorations class for high schoolers. Mm-hmm. They just expanded that to middle schoolers, just realizing we need to expose them to these careers earlier. You never know what they're going to be interested in and capable in, and they might have no idea that they'd be a great welder someday and if they don't get that chance. So a lot of the smaller projects were, were great, successful, maybe um, more long-term projects or short-term, I should say. And then a couple of years ago, we got together, um, Paula Jensen from Dakota Resources are is our community coach, and we had a, we call them marathon coaching days. So me and Paula sit through like 10 different vision team meetings in one day, um, and it goes from, you know, housing and workforce, and um, there's a Main Street team, that kind of thing. And at that vision team meeting for workforce, they said, okay, we've made a lot of success with these smaller projects. How can we make an even larger impact? And they kind of always swirled around this idea of bringing the VOTEC back. And, um, you know, people are like, oh, it was so expensive. That's why they cut it. And, you know, there weren't enough students interested in it. And so, but they, they really hung on to that idea and said, okay, we're not going to bring it back the way it was, but how can we provide some modern um, exploration opportunities for these students? Now, yeah, and to be clear, that those are high school students who are exposed to different career options, right? So, like, I think... Yep. Back when I was in high school, you could go build a small little house there, or you could work on cars there, or you actually at that time, because computers weren't as prolific as they were, there might be like a technology lab there, (laughs) which seems silly because now it's so ingrained in everything we do. But so all of those kind of things are brought back, but with also some manufacturing spins of welding. Yes. So we had some um, really involved folks from the manufacturing sector and they said, we want to be partners in this. And so in 2017, I think we launched this. We had a grand opening. There were 150 students that went through that first year. Some of that is included, you know, the middle school students doing that career exploration class. But it's architecture, building trades, welding, that kind of stuff. Those are careers that are available locally, but it's it's also stuff they can use even if they don't go into a career like that. It's, just, yeah. you know, they do some plumbing work and 
that'll be handy if they're, you know, no matter what they're doing. But Yeah, no doubt. So I think, you know, I said that Yankton maybe hasn't quite hit it out of the park yet on this topic, but I think some of it too could be like, I look at Webster and so you started with Dakota Resources and these people on this process, the facilitators, but they've been back and back and back and back. And so I think they're also kind of your coaches, as you said, guiding you through. And we maybe haven't invited them back as much as they should to just, what's our next step? You got us in through the idea phase. Now help us keep moving along. Because I think sometimes you need those outside evaluators to make sure everybody yes. is communicating and yes. remind you of what you decided months ago. And Yeah, what's really handy is, yeah, I think you're right with that outside perspective and that outside person saying, yeah. you know, even if they come back once a year, the teams are like, oh, crap, like I got to Oh, it's an accountability thing yep. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure. We, we probably need to make that invite to get them back here too. Totally. Webster... You moved up there because your husband said we're gonna we're gonna buy this piece of land. Came from the Twin Cities. You've committed to that town. It kind of seems like it's not easy to relocate a farm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of like it's hard to you know remotely work on a bar. Right? Yeah. You know you're gonna you're gonna be there. But I do want to take some time after the break and learn about the farm that you're building and uh, about how it's a little bit different than everybody else. We'll be back to talk with Melissa Waldner. The presenting sponsor of The Lanyard is Ben's Brewing Company. We are a brewery, taproom, and speakeasy located in Yankton, South Dakota. Our beers are on tap in several South Dakota cities. Visit us online at bensbrewing.com. Good people drink Ben's beer. Hey, Lanyard listeners. It's your favorite cobblers, Brennan and Mandy. Well, we know Ben has kept you pretty up to date on all the craziness happening at Boston Shoes to Boots lately. Yes, we are in the middle of a remodel and store floor expansion. And we need the space. Oi, do we. Yes, since taking on this adventure in 2016, we've continually added brands that we felt pretty good about and that could fill a need in our store and in the community. Echo has been a big hit among men and women. Not only are their shoes comfortable, but they're well-made and stylish. We have these adorable slip-ons for women that we cannot keep on the shelves. I have them in all three colors, the black, the rose, and the pewter. Yes, she does. And for guys, they make classic styles that pair great with jeans, shorts, and slip-on dress shoes because who wants to tie these days? No one. We've also brought in Chaco. These are the strappy-looking sandals that are all the rage on college campuses. Yep, I got myself a pair to feel young again. And you know what? It worked. It did, huh? It sure did. I took them on my recent camping trip because you can take them to the beach. We went hiking and biking, and they gave me great support and comfort while I was being active and through the rest of those long summer days. Thanks for listening to The Lanyard and stop in to Boston Shoes to Boots, where service and style can't be beat. Or visit us online at bostonshoestoboots.com. Okay, we are back with Melissa Waldner. Before the break, we were talking about how you grow a small town, how you keep the people there. And is that, I guess, one last question on that. Is your strategy to get people to move or to stay? If you had to choose one, what would you rather have? New people or existing to stay? That is that makes a sense. tough 
question. I think you need both. Um, we didn't talk about this yet either, but we've been running this initiative, daycountyjobs.com, and it's basically, it's a free service. We want to connect people that are looking for opportunities in Day County to the job opportunities that are available, the different companies. And we, you know, we, we say, hey, companies, this is a resource for you. We want to help you. And so that's been working out really well. When I first started, we had 90 job opportunities, and that was both part-time and full-time in the county. And I would say now over the last year, you know, a couple of years, we're hovering around 60. So we have a huge need. You know, I think I think there's definitely something about, you know, keeping people there. I think yeah. it's, it's not hard if, if they find a network, if they feel, hey, I've got friends here or family or whatever it is. But we definitely need to attract more people. And yeah. Might be alumni such as yourself. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there's always uh, retirement homes, but uh, that's going to be a long time for me. I've got too many bills. Okay. So um, we want to talk about the farming operation. And so when you talk about a farm, everybody thinks about corn and soybeans. Is that what you're doing? It's not. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and the great thing is, too, um, a lot of folks don't know that Darren even is back in town. Um, they'll see him on the weekends or whatever, and they'll be like, yeah, what are you up to? You know, And some of them think that he's not here at all, and some of them think that he farms corn and soybeans every day. Sure. So we're actually doing fresh produce, so vegetables, a little bit of fruit, and um, now herbs is new this year. But we've got cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, beets. I mean, we do onions, garlic, the works, really, pumpkins and watermelon and so that's probably a big greenhouse and some outdoor space too? Yeah. So it's, it's actually on the land that we first purchased in Webster. We never actually built a house there because a few months later we um, found the house that we live in now. It's a little bit further, you know, half mile more out of town. Um, we really love that. But we just kind of started this garden when we first moved up there just for us and Darren's parents. And then we had some family friends, uh, Wes and Judy Williams, that we just, you know, thought we'd do it for fun. And it kind of grew from there. So um, knowing Wes, he's probably using a lot of that in uh, his winemaking operation. <laughs> he was true. my old D.A.R.E. officer. But we were like the first class to ever go through the D.A.R.E. program in, in uh, Webster, South Dakota. And it was really cool. They drove up in like a decaled Camaro or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Definitely don't want to do drugs because you can drive a Camaro if you don't. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> did you have Dare in the Twin Cities? We did. Yeah. I don't remember them driving up in a Camaro, though. Yeah. Uh, Wes was our, our officer. So so anyway, back to that. You initially had the garden for a small group of people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you had way too much produce. Yeah. Well, I think the first year I would laugh because every time I'd, I'd come into the office and Nick would be like, so what'd you do last night? And I was like, well, we canned. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was, that's just what we did. We just, All a time. lot of pickles. That first year, I think we had 75 quarts of pickles. We had this great little rental house and in the basement, they had all these shelves. Are you talking about up. the rental house across from my parents? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is fun. Then now today, though, you have, it's a business. It's not just for you guys anymore. So who are your customers? Um, a lot are from Webster, Wabe, Bristol, Roslyn area. Um, we have a lot of lake folks that come in and we go to the Tuesday Farmer's Market on Main Street in Webster. And um, we also have a Saturday market at our farm, Saturdays 9 to 12. And we're out there anyway, uh, weeding and picking and things. So we just have people come out and yeah check that out. Do you sell any wholesale stuff to 
grocery stores or to restaurants or any places like that? We've dabbled in that a little bit. Um, there's a couple restaurants you know, that we did potatoes or tomatoes, cucumbers, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's one thing we'd like to get better at. It's just kind of coordinating that. And it's tough because both of us have full-time jobs. Yeah. Oh, what's his full-time job? So Darren is an engineer, but he um, he kind of does outside sales for Dakota Pump and Control out of Watertown. And he really, he's a people person. So he yeah. loves that. He likes finding solutions for people. And yeah, that's what he does full time. And a commute to Watertown and back every day. Not every day. Oh. Um, so when he first started, he was doing a lot of traveling. So he'd travel like four days a week um, around North Dakota and South Dakota. I'd say, you know, Probably lately, though, he's been in Watertown a lot more, but um, he'd be there at least once a week. And So every evening or early morning is uh, like weeding? and Yeah, so um, during the week, it's maybe it's a little different this year. So last year we were part of this NARCS. I'm trying to remember what that stands for now, National Conservation something or other. Um, but we got this great grant program through them. Um, so we built this high tunnel, which is, it looks like a greenhouse, but we still plant in the ground. Oh, so, okay, yeah. Um, and so that's really changed things this year. I'd say in past years, we would be in the garden Friday night to Sunday night, 100%. And we'd always go into Dakota or Dakota Diner and now Diner on Main yes. for lunch. But you don't like sunburn, you know, right? for somebody who should be working uh, outside as much as you are. But uh, you have sun up there? We do, right? <laughs> no, I got this great hat that I wear yeah. a lot now. But um, And then the weekdays in the evenings, a lot of times we would be weeding or... Picking produce, especially Monday nights, getting ready for the Tuesday market. And I should say, too, we um, Darren's mom, Sue, has been a great help. She went part-time was it last year, maybe. And so she's been so helpful just keeping things on the, the rollers during the week, too. Is there a desire for someday for one or both of you to be working the farm full-time? You know, we have definitely thought about it. We're not sure how that looks. I guess, but it could definitely be a possibility in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten into the idea of like destination farming? Meaning like, I don't know, last year we went to this pumpkin patch thing with our kids. By the time we left there, I think we'd spent like $200, right? (laughs) We, We go and we do these hay rides and then the kids pick out their pumpkins and then there's a bouncy house and then there's a shop with all this junk and then there's there's uh places to eat it seems like farming is somewhat becoming tourist friendly is that something in your future yeah so a couple of years ago we went to the south dakota local foods conference that was what south dakota tourism was really pushing they're like hey this egg tourism thing is really big people like to they like to experience the community as locals do and i'm sure you I've heard about that too. And so, you know, that was a couple of years ago and they're still really pushing that to say people love this stuff. You know, is there an opportunity there? And yeah, it just kind of makes you wonder what that could look like in the future. Yeah. You know, Airbnb having a bot on the farm and having them help weed. Um, yeah, right. Hey, you guys want to get your hands dirty <laughs> like for a real authentic experience? We got a deal for you. Right. <laughs> so we laugh about that sometimes because we think who would sign up to weed? But, you know, there might be people that would be interested in people like you that. grow up with that weren't around ag, you know. Right. Yeah. So that that brings me to my next question. So you're not from Webster. My experience of moving to a town like Yankton was that if I didn't if I didn't own the local bar, I'm not sure I would know as many people as I do, right? I, I know I wouldn't. That, that's clear. So do you ever feel a little isolated or lonely in a small town where you didn't grow up and go to high school? 
I don't think so. So I think I'm really lucky in just having a lot of connections before I moved up here. Um, and a lot of people, when I first moved up here, they were really great about saying, you know, welcome and, hey, you should come over. Like Wes Williams, you know, he would say, come on down, we'll hang out. And, um, you know, they were always showing me how to can and and things like that and just really opening my eyes. And On the other hand, somebody twice your age, right? True, yeah. Are you finding those people your age? Yeah, so that is interesting. So one thing I've noticed about us you know, moving to Webster is, you know, not getting hung up on age and saying, you know, um, some of my friends, they might be 10 years older than me, but, you know, it's it's not about the age. It's about, you know, the person and your interests. If you can connect to somebody that has the same interests with you, it doesn't necessarily matter what their age are, but age yeah. is. But So one thing I think that's interesting about that particular place on the map, too, is that you had Webster in the middle and then you had a small town town 10 miles away one direction 10 miles the other direction 10 miles the other direction and I felt like they were all kind of running their own towns and didn't view themselves as an area we saw that bubble up a lot of times when people were worried about school funding and protecting their schools you know as the last identity of their town some of that's changed because schools have consolidated but are the towns starting to work together or are they still kind of doing their own thing you know that's been one of one of my things, too, is more of a regional regional perspective on things. So when I talk about, you know, the greatness of Webster, obviously I live just outside Webster, but it's also, you know, Roslyn and Pierpont and Bristol and all the other communities have really neat things going on, and most people would have no idea that that would be the case. But um, in Roslyn, this past couple of years, they've been just crazy busy so their school did how close. what what happened yeah there? so let me tell you about that <laughs> yeah um so their school did close i want to say 2007 maybe something like that um and so they turned their old school into you know they got the event center which is in their gym and they have the commercial kitchen and so there's a lot of events there there was a group or a catering group that was renting that out for a long time um they also have a fitness center in there. They have Legend Seeds has a portion of the building. They have Toad Tracks, which is kind of a manufacturing um, group. They have a portion of the building. And so I think they did a great job of um, turning that big building into something instead of just letting it sit and rot. Yeah. Um, and they just had their high school re- reunion this past weekend, too. Um, they had over Vinegar Days. Yeah, that's my, my old buddy Lawrence Diggs. Yeah. Well, he started it. He doesn't necessarily run the day-to-day of the Vinegar Museum anymore, right? Which, by right. the way, if you didn't know, there is an international vinegar museum in the tiny town of Roslyn, South Dakota. Yeah, so Roslyn is like 200 people about. They also this last year built a mini mall. So just a couple of couple of guys um, said, hey, let's build this. And it offered a couple businesses to expand and some new ones to come in. Twin Valley Tire and Community Oil. They have an expanded shop there now. Um, a new store is Schmidt's Custom Meats. That's a meat market. They also have some grocery items. Really great thing for Roslyn itself, but also the lakes. Um, definitely a draw there. There was a, a small office that a new business was able to expand to this area and have their office there. And then also Rags to Rugs, which was on Main Street, Roslyn. Um, they now have this crazy collectibles. It's a kind of a flea market type place and just a really great draw. And then a couple of years ago, the Roslyn Bar had a fire. Yes. And so um, some people thought that it wouldn't be rebuilt, but um, new owner and rebuilt it, Jimmy Jays. 
Which is what it always was, right? Was it? I, well, kept going back and forth because okay. it was Oscars then for a while. Okay, so. I remember Jimmy J's back when I was a little tot going in there. Maybe too. that's how they chose the Eat name. Grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the other thing when you're living in a town like Webster, you probably get asked about Brock Lesnar a lot. <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't probably make too many appearances in town anymore. I think he's a Canadian now. He lives in Canada. Oh, really? Um, but I recently had somebody on from India reach out to me many, many times online because he found out that I was from Webster and he just wanted me to tell him everything about what it was like growing up with Brock. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, (laughs) He's five years older than me. Pretty quiet, private guy. Watched him wrestle. What else do you want? Hilarious. (laughs) Do you get hit up about Brock a lot? You know, I don't hear a lot about him. Uh, I don't get a lot of questions about him either. I mean, I think it's yeah, Brock Lesnar's from Webster, but yeah, um, yeah, not much to it, I guess. It's also where Tom Brokaw was born, even though Yankton's kind of claimed him as their <laughs> own. But uh, here's something I found on you that I want to read, and, and you tell me your thoughts on this. So, country living is for me. Roosters, the pheasant kind in princes, wake me up in the morning. Deer walk around our yard all day long, and I don't have to rush to find the perfect shade so my neighbors don't watch me watching TV at night. The landscape makes every sunrise and sunset beautiful, especially with that barn, and I can always see the stars on clear nights. And when it's quiet, it's quiet, except for the ticking clock. So that was written in March 29th, 2014, your last blog post, by the way. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, is that what the appeal is for you ultimately, is that it's not trying to be a big city. It's trying to be what? What is it for you? That's hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad that I wrote something nice. You know, just I haven't gotten to my blog for a long time, and I kind of go back and forth. Oh, should I write more? Should you know, podcasts are the new uh, blogs. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I I think that's definitely um, a big draw for me. And just our house is like we have 13 acres or so, and it's half mile out of city limits, and it's on the same road as um, our garden. And I think that's one of my favorite things in the morning. I take three walks a day, one in the morning, one at lunchtime, and one in the evening, all with my dog, of course. And I just love the quiet. And at night and in the morning, you know, even in the winter when it's chilly, (laughs) um, I just love looking up at the stars and just like, you never would see this in my hometown. You just, there's lights all the time. You just, you don't see that. And um, it is, it's very quiet and it's peaceful. And Yeah. And like uh, one true stoplight in the town two well the one is flashing all the time though right what just in the evening i think it's like 10 p.m to are you talking at 12 and 25 oh see that used to always just flash 24 7 not anymore oh wow you're a two stoplight city (laughs) but you know i also think like it's the town where you know i'm in this town where 30 miles an hour you're going slow and in that town, you're behind somebody going like 19, 20 miles an hour, and they're maybe their foot's hovering on the brake. Things move just a little slower, but it is sure refreshing, and I'm going to look forward to it next week when I'm up there. What does your job look like in 10 years goal-wise for Webster and also maybe for the garden? Sure. So, wow, 10 years. You know, our Day County has done some kind of countywide collaborative work should have brought a copy of it but we have this brochure that a couple counties did together of key places to visit if you're for tourists and and things but I'd like to see more of a regional focus 
I think right now we're redoing our website and just kind of diving deep into what do we want the first impression to be for Webster Development Corporation? How do we want businesses to see it, us? And I think regionalism is, is going to be bigger and bigger the more we go on because when businesses are looking for a spot, I've talked with several site selectors now and they're just, you know, they want to know about that region. You know, maybe maybe you don't have you know, a huge airport, but, you know, definitely put your, your small city airport on there and then say, hey, we're only 45 minutes from yeah. Aberdeen and Watertown and just seeing that. But I would love to see, you know, I think Webster's Main Street is pretty busy. We've got a lot of retail shops, which has been a, a nice draw lately, past few years, and lots of service-based businesses on Main Street. There's a lot of people working hard to make changes and make updates on their outsides and insides and more products and things. Same for Roslyn. I would love to see Wabe has some pretty great ideas coming up, trying to help them get those from idea to reality kind of thing. Same with Bristol. A lot of things are going on in there. And and Pierpont, they have a new farmer's market on Friday nights, artisans and produce and things. So I'm really excited to see what 10 years looks like. And I maybe I'm terrible that I just can't totally visualize it yeah. but i i know there's a lot of great people there and great ideas so i'm i'm just excited to see how that turns out and you'll be there i will yeah <laughs> yeah yeah maybe weeding still probably weeding yes although my daughter will be 13 and at that time yeah, she's three now so she yeah, yeah she might not want to be weeding but i really hope she's weeding <laughs> more than me <laughs> yeah you'll have all those uh tourists out there weeding yes. for you like at your airbnb <laughs> be great (laughs) well it's been really fun to talk with you and i know you got to head off to mitchell for a conference today but keep telling the good stories about my hometown sure appreciate it yeah thanks so much for having me is there a way people can look you up online sure i'm on facebook melissa waldner on twitter i don't use a whole lot anymore but at fosseru f-o-s-e-r-o-o and i'm on instagram same handle and linkedin of course too All right. Thank you, Melissa Waldner. Well, we will be back next week with another episode of The Lanyard. Please share this episode out with anybody who'd get value out of it. Give us a review on iTunes. And as always, we'll be back with somebody making a difference in their community or creating a cool company. 